Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to the evening edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. We have, we have quite the guest today. And uh, Max, you know, th- this, uh, this book, which I got handed to yesterday when I, when I found out that we were going to have Michelle Black on. Michelle is a gold star widow. Her husband, let me just tell you a little bit about the story. Um, but I was given this book, and the book is called Sacrifice. And um, I told the producer, I was like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and read this tonight. So I got two-thirds of the way through it. Um, many of you know that I'm not a very emotional person when it comes to I just look at things, and yeah, I get a little angry. <laughs> Anger is an emotion. I guess I am an emotional person. But I don't cry a lot. Like it's not, it's not an emotion I like to embrace. But as I was watching this and I was reading about you know, say, like, you know that there's, there's a part in there where she says goodbye to Brian, her husband, for the last time. And there's a picture of her putting a rose on the casket. And I, like, broke down. And I was like, wow, this is just a great book. And uh, so I'm just going to give you a quick recap of Michelle, and then we're going to go ahead and bring her on and let her talk about this book. But it was pretty impactful. So she wrote a book. And at the very top of the inside of the cover, it says, I often say I prefer to hear an ugly truth rather than a beautiful, ugly truth than a beautiful lie. In the year following my husband's death, I was told plenty of both. And so um, Michelle's husband, uh, Green Beret Brian Black, was killed in an ambush in the Niger in, Niger in 2017. Um, Michelle was left alone with two sons to raise. And what followed Brian's death was an even more difficult journey for the young widow. After receiving few and contradictory details about the attack that took her husband's life, uh, Michelle dug in to get to the truth. So without any more... Let's go ahead and bring Michelle Black on. Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I don't, uh, I, I want to thank you first. I, I, it, it always is, I don't, you, thanking you for a sacrifice is not really, there's no easy way to talk about the fact that your husband lost his life and your kids lost a father. Yeah, but, uh, it's... <laughs> As you said, it's, there's no, no good way or it's, it's never a happy subject, you know, um, and what happened to us made it about 10 times worse. So, so let's go back. You met Brian. Tell, tell us about where you met Brian. Like what, let's go back to the, the early years, the, the courting, so to speak. Let's give people <laughs> an idea of where it started. We were both um, actually ski bums. We had just finished college and we're living in the ski area. I was instructing snowboarding. He was actually playing poker online um, so he could ski during the day. Um, so that's, and I ran into him at church and um, right. he actually right. had, yeah. And he was a wrestler slash was involved with MMA, was um, training guys. I didn't know what cage fighting was. He told me he did that. And I thought, 
I don't know if that's something you brag about or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of I didn't know why he was telling me about cage fighting, but um, I remember he just was this big guy. He was 6'2", and his neck was just as big around as my thigh, you know, um, and he was very quiet. So and it was one of those things where you didn't know, is he quiet because he's really smart or is he quiet because he's really dumb? You know, so. <laughs> he was smart, very smart. So then you got married. And, so then he went into the military at that point, obviously. He, he decided to. Um, well, it was about, uh, I want to say, three or four years before he joined the military. Um, we got married and had a couple kids. And then we got married in 2005. And 2008 is when the economy crashed. Um, there was a huge recession. And because he'd been playing online poker for a living instead of working with his degree, suddenly he was overqualified for certain jobs and underqualified for all the rest. So we basically got stuck in this position where uh, he couldn't get a job outside the home. Um, so he was trying to continue doing online poker and learning stock markets and um, the online poker uh, banking restrictions um, tightened. And so it became very um, questionable getting your money on and off of those sites. So he could no longer do that either. So we pulled all of our money and he joined the army. He joined the army and became a Green Beret. Well, first, yes, <laughs> eventually. At first, it was just, hey, I'll sign just up for casually. four years. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> it was gradual. And uh, after about two years, uh, just how he was, he, he always had to have a million things going. He was bored out of his mind after two years. So he, um, he wanted to go to SFAS, Special Forces Selection. And I thought at this point, go for it. I'm so busy with the kids. We had a child on the autism spectrum who honestly couldn't make it through a full day of school and didn't really speak at five years old. He just started to learn. Um, so I had a lot on my plate. And so when he said, I want to go to SFAS, I thought, perfect. This is the great time, the best time to go. He'd always wanted to be a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL. So why not? You know, I wasn't going to be working. So. And then you guys traveled or did you at that point, were you stationed in Washington or where were you stationed? We were stationed in Colorado initially. And once he graduated uh, or once he got accepted, um, yeah, Fort Carson was awesome. I, if I could live anywhere permanently, you know, that it was amazing. Um, but we then moved, um, when you go through the Q course, the Q course is held at Fort Bragg in right. Fayetteville, North Carolina. So we moved out there in 2012 and um, he was training to be a medic and he graduated in 2015. Um, he spoke Arabic and um, later would teach himself two more languages, but um, he graduated with Arabic and his medic. Now, take us into, I want to I want to kind of stop here for a minute. You have two kids. How old are your kids now? Right now, they um, currently they're 13 and 15. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. They're actually a lot of fun. They love their mom, so they're real sweet to me. Awesome. So, so take us through. You know, you, you wrote a book, and the book is entitled "Sacrifice," and uh, it's it's probably a book you would like to have never have written. Yes. Right. Absolutely. 
so let's talk about this book. Let's talk about, you know, that day that somebody came to visit you in 2017. 2017 was, yeah, 2017 was Brian's second deployment to Niger, Africa. Um, they were working on um, advise and assist kind of in that kind of capacity where they're basically training um, their partner forces in Niger. There was a growing threat of violent extremism and militants along the borders. Mali is a huge hotbed for terrorism. Um, so they were working kind of up on the northern border of Niger hoping to train the forces to combat um, the threat of terror, essentially. And so it, it really wasn't supposed to be very dangerous um, as far as the capacity he was working in. So I wasn't worried, but um, I did have this just sneaking suspicion on the, I don't know, just a bad feeling about his second deployment. And um, on October 4th, around, I want to say six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, I received a call from his mom that said she had seen a news flash come across her phone stating that um, a team, a Green Beret team had been attacked near the Mali-Niger border and that some Americans had been killed. And that's when I told her that that's Brian, that's his team, Brian's dead. Um, it was just a gut reaction. And um, within a, an hour or two, I received a knock at my door. I pretty much just sat in front of my door waiting for them to knock. But that's, that's kind of when the, uh, the nightmare started. I guess yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it grew. I mean, I should have known with it being an instant news flash before I was even notified that this story was going to get big. It was the largest loss of, um, of American life on the continent of Africa since the Battle of Mogadishu, um, known as Black Hawk Down. Okay. And it, it was a Green Beret team. Um, and one of the guys went missing for a couple days, took him a couple days to find Sergeant David Johnson. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and then um, there were three other Americans who were lost that they knew right away. So Staff Sergeant Brian Black, Staff Sergeant um, Dustin Wright, and Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Johnson. Um, pretty much immediately, it blew up into this um, just political firestorm and media firestorm um, just because of how long it took them to find LaDavid. And then... Um, there were all sorts of conspiracies swirling on what happened to them, what happened to all of them, um, because they got separated. And then um, Trump began to make phone calls, and then those phone calls blew up because one of the gals um, stated that he had insulted her when he called. Um, that was, that so then was that David's, David's widow. Yes. And so then, you know, you're getting phone calls on, you know, do you want to comment on another widow's phone call? And, you know, from, you know, do you want to say how nice he was to you? And, you know, and, and what do you think about her phone call? And I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grieve. I just lost my husband and I wasn't on her phone call. Um, he was incredible to us. You know, he... He called us, he spoke to both my sons. One of my, my autistic son loved Trump. So um, they had a great phone call. And 
Um, then I asked him at the end, he said, is there anything we can, I can do for you? And um, just let me know. Um, and I said, actually, we're gonna be in Arlington burying Brian and I would love to be able to stay at your hotel. So he gave us two days at his hotel um, with two rooms that connected so the boys could have one room and I could have the other and covered everything. So we could um, eat, drink, just do whatever we wanted while we were there. In fact, when we got there, we were greeted by hugs. We love you here, gave us gifts. Um, and then we also um, had an extra free day. And so we are invited to the White House for a private tour with the um, presidential football, uh, with uh, the military aide to the president and um, a White House uh, historian. So we, we really were um, treated well. And so that's all I could speak to, but obviously in, in the media, everything, it, it was just going crazy. And the next thing we know, there's an investigation started into the ambush. And right away, we're hearing that this is a team that went rogue and they acted like a bunch of cowboys. So essentially they're being blamed. And I thought, surely this isn't true. This is just the media is, is off and who knows where they're getting their information from because I know Green Berets and I know my husband, they do not go rogue. And there were reports of a team that, you know, just fell apart when the bullets flew. But again, it's ludicrous. This is Green Beret team. They're one of the most highly trained um, groups in the world. So it's not gonna happen. So then a few months later, um, head cam video that had been on Jeremiah had been taken by militants and turned into a um, basically a propaganda video for terrorism. And in it are the deaths of my husband, Jeremiah and Dustin. And CBS chose to release that footage and um, when they released that footage, then SoftRep and multiple other um, outlets released it and fuller versions, and it went viral across all forms of social media, um, platforms that my children used even. And so one of my kids, I'm, I'm pretty certain, saw it um, that first week. And um, so that was pretty overwhelming. Um, and we thought, you know, this just things just kept building and we thought, well, you know, in the end, let's hope that when we get briefed by the military, they'll at least tell us the truth. I want a detailed timeline of events on the ground. At the time, I didn't care whether anybody was held responsible or punished. I wanted to see that we know what happened and we prevent this type of situation from happening in the future. It had nothing to do with punishments. Um, but then we got into our brief and we were lied to. Um, they told me once again that the captain of the team um, was a cowboy, that he had gone rogue and led the whole team on this rogue mission trying to chase after a terrorist, um, that his con op, his paperwork had um, caused the whole issue. And it was a con op for the first part of the mission. There were three different parts. There were three different missions. And it was the following two that actually led directly to the ambush. And they wouldn't tell me who was responsible for that paperwork, just that it was done properly and had the proper approvals. And everything was laid at the feet of those on the ground. Um, the final straw for me was um, I left that meeting confused, more confused than when I went in with more questions. And the next week, um, AFRICOM decided to hold a press briefing um, on the ambush 
and at the end, General Waldhauser, who was the commanding general of AFRICOM, Africa Command, stated that while all teams around the on the continent were performing optimally, my husband's team was not indicative of what special operators do. And uh, that that ended it for me. Why do you think? Why do you think they would go to those lengths? Because obviously, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever, I can remember another instance where American servicemen or women died overseas and so many people in the in, in leadership decided to malign them, decided to tr drag them through the mud. Why do you think they made that the decision to go that route? I think that, um, I think that the higher leadership who were responsible for the situation, one specifically has um, connections higher up the chain, maybe four star general type connection. Because to this day, I still can't figure out what happened to this Lieutenant Colonel who not only ordered the mission, handled all the paperwork, did not do a second threat assessment before sending my husband's team alone to the Mali, to the Niger, Mali border. But he also was responsible for all the pre-deployment training and validating all that training, which was actually what they ended up punishing and um, Major Alan Van San over and which Major Alan Van San lost his job over. All these things lay at the feet of one person who still has not been held accountable. And so my guess is he's high, he's connected higher up the chain somehow. Well, and, and seeing what we're seeing now, I, I don't, I don't seem to understand, and maybe I'm just disconnecting reality. I've seen a lot of lies come out of a lot of places. Um, you know, I've been on the ground in Somalia. I've been on the ground in, in other countries in Africa, North Africa, Sudan, South Sudan. And it never is truthful. It just isn't truthful. Like, I, I, but I, I, I've never understood why. Like, what's the why? Why, why would you lie? And then why would you, why would you disgrace those that are fighting for your nation? Why would that be? Why would they yeah. do that? And my other thought is because AFRICOM essentially investigated AFRICOM. Originally, SOC Africa, a three star command, had opened up the investigation. Um, and the commanding general of AFRICOM, once again, General Waldhauser, shut down that investigation and opened up his own investigation and appointed his own investigating officer from within his ranks. Someone who was below him in rank, so he was in command over him, which tells me that it may very well be that General Waldhauser was protecting himself. It's disgusting. And maybe it's disgusting. legacy. That's disgusting. So, so let's- Yeah, you know, it shows that they value their careers over um, other people's lives, essentially. So, uh, so you you there's a there's a chapter in the book and it's it's chapter twelve and the name of that chapter is truth and uh, you know there's some stuff in here is first of all is there any part of the book that you wanna that you wanna that to you stands out that you want people to just emphasize inside the book you know there there are so many things I know one that 
gets read often is when I am receiving Brian's um, body at the airport and I have this mantra and it's really what has gotten me through. People always say you're so strong and, and that's not true. A lot of times you just have to have a mindset to pull you through because when you're getting toppled by so many things over and over, you have to just keep standing back up and never back down. And in the beginning, I think I say something along the lines of, you know, as the plane is pulling in, I want it to hit me full force and dare it to break me. They say that you marry your equal. And if that's true, then I am a beast and a force to be reckoned with. I will not be further another victim of the men who took my husband's life and those of um, his fellow soldiers. My children and I will be victors, not further victims. And in the end, that's the choice you have to make. And that's where this book came from, is making sure that there were no further victims of this incident, including the men on the team. They should not have been further victims of this incident, losing their jobs, et cetera. Um, rank, they lost rank, retirement. I mean, there was, there was a lot of fallout from this. There is. And, and it, you know, even just those who didn't lose necessarily rank or their jobs, there's the rumors because people are, they know what happened. They heard about it in the news. There's rumors around group. There's rumors around base about, you know, how terrible they are and they've been disgraced as a team. And it's just not true. All of it is a lie. So. So what made you dig in? And then you, and then you interviewed a bunch of people um, on the ground as well that were there, that were involved in it. Um, what made you want to dig in? What made you want to get to the bottom of what really happened? The fact that no matter whether you're a four-star general or you're just an army spouse, your worth as a human being is no different. And they, they, it, it was the desire for truth and justice, and we all deserve that as Americans, and I would not back down. I don't care what it cost me. Besides, at that point, it already cost my husband his life, three other men their lives, and all of our families this pain and suffering. So at that point, what else were they going to do? Kill my husband? Lie to me? You know, play his death on TV? Um, not much else you can do to me at that point. So I wasn't going to back down. You know, I, I say that, uh, you know, you, you, you said that play, the, play Brian's death on TV and, and that made its way around social media, all over social media. And, and so you're, your boys, I mean, no respect for the men that died, no respect for, for the sacrifice that they made, and more importantly, no respect for the families of those fallen soldiers. You know, are your, are your kids still processing that? Are they still having to go through reprocessing that information? I mean, because that oh, yeah. it's still the out time. there. We, Those videos are still out there all the time. Well, and you have people making video games off of war scenarios, and they pull up the Niger ambush and build it based upon that video footage. And so, what happens? The soldier runs. The soldier happens to be built exactly like my husband, and he takes a headshot. Oh well, you know it's it's animated but very real to life and my kids play you know games and so it's 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 constant it's constant and yeah they're they're 13 and 15 and so it's it's a constant conversation in fact i have people come on my social media sites and and try to argue the merits of having the full 45 minute video shown um so that you know, they can know exactly what happened. And I, and I'm like, you do not have a right 
to know what happened down to my husband's last breath. You know, I'm sorry, but there is no merit to you watching him suffer. There isn't. But there was, there was a push after this all happened in the media, on the political left, to claim that this was Donald Trump's Benghazi. There were people who, rather than giving this the solemnity that it deserves, were trying to score political points on this. Whether it's the congresswoman from Florida who got the whole firestorm started over Trump. I, I mean, the way I, I looked at it, what probably happened is Trump probably said his name was David instead of Ludavid, which, I mean, that that's that's not right. But um, the way they blew it out of proportion to make it seem like Trump was so insensitive, tried to make it his Benghazi. What has it been like having obviously this this personal moment? You said they 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 aired it on TV. What has it been like watching them try to score political points? on your husband's sacrifice? It's disgusting. Um, I think, you know, I, I speak to so many different widows and, um, you know, widowers who have lost their spouses overseas. And in fact, I signed a, a letter recently with just a whole list of widows and widowers speaking about how we are so tired of our loved ones' deaths being politicized. Um, it's, it's never okay. You know, it, it's still a human being. And to score political points with his death is disgusting. Um, you know, as far as um, the David's wife being able to stand up and say, you know, he hurt my feelings. I'm fine with her saying if that's, you know, when you're going through something that emotional and you're wounded and you, you know, and you interpret something or you hear something and, and that's how it affects you, fine. You know, you're grieving. Um, but I don't like is everybody else jumping on it as proof, as proof of something, um, you know, and turning it into something bigger than it is, you know. And so in the end, um, yeah, the Trump's Benghazi thing is a joke, too, because it shows that people don't understand how military works. Um, a Green Beret team in the middle of nowhere, Africa, a 12 man team. There's no reason t Trump would have known what they were doing until after the fact. Um, he had no clue. Um, he probably heard about it maybe a day after, probably maybe around the time I found out, maybe a little later. But what actually happened on the ground, that's the responsibility of the four-star generals at, SOC, um, at AFRICOM all the way down in their chain because they're the ones who approve those missions and push those men ahead against their will. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to keep talking about this. I have to read an ad real quickly, if that's okay. This podcast is sponsored by air med care network, the premier insurance plan to cover you or your loved ones. Should anyone need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency? It's not something we think about, but it's very expensive and your insurance isn't going to want to cover it. Tens of thousands of dollars, depending on where you live. Don't leave your family's financial future at risk, sign up with Air Medicare Network. It starts at $85 for one year. It gets you coverage for your entire household. And it's even cheaper if you sign up using the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. Because when you use promo code daily there, you're going to get up to $50 back in the form of a gift card. So again, check out that link in the description. Sign up for Air Medicare Network and protect your entire household. 
This podcast is also sponsored by IP Vanish, a VPN service. Do you feel tired of thinking that someone's always watching you on the internet? Maybe the advertisers know a little bit too much about you or you're concerned about the, your privacy online. IP Vanish is here to help protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media to your television. When you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It really is that simple. And as a bonus for listeners and viewers of this show, when you sign up and you, and you sign up for IP Vanish, they're going to give you an amazing 70% off their yearly plan for listeners of this show. And that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you're going to buy 12 months, but you're going to get nine months free. And if you don't like it, Inside of 30 days, you can get your money back. That's a no-brainer. IP Vanish is easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Sign up today by going to ipvanish.com forward slash daily, and make sure you use promo, promo code daily to get your 70% off. I, I remember I remember this this when when this firestorm, and, and they really tr they really tried to make it Trump's Benghazi, and I agree with you that it, it it's not comp comparable. Um, a Green Beret um, squad out somewhere in the middle of nowhere is very different than a consulate that was deliver deliberately left unguarded. To this day, though, I still hear people talk about this as 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 if Trump was was terrible, as if this was Trump's fault, and and then trying to paint it as a oh well Trump might have called him David instead of Ludd David. So that's disrespectful. And, and again, she has every right to believe that. I'm sure that because it was it was a, a different kind of name, they gave it on a piece of paper to make sure he didn't mess it up. And the original report was that she was insulted because he had to read from the paper to make sure he got the name right. It just felt very forced. But she's obviously entitled to whatever her opinions are and, and, and what she experienced there. The congressman, the congresswoman from Florida, I don't even remember her name, that was disgusting, pushing it. Um, it's just it's just heartbreaking. It, it's heartbreaking on, it on so many levels. What what you're what you're telling us about how they they aired the footage. It's just you don't realize you don't realize just how how personal this stuff is. And we get caught in it sometimes too, where we're covering things that are going on overseas. Um, people who were left behind in Afghanistan, and you sometimes miss the personal bit of it uh, of just how. Uh, how how many people are personally affected by it? There's not a question here. I'm just I'm I'm trying to soak this all in because I didn't get to read your book last night. Um, I'm just trying to soak this all in, and I'm I'm so sorry for everything you went through, everything that the military tried to cover up, the media firestorm. It's just disgusting. You deserve you. your family deserve much better than this. So, so what 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 was the you know, and, 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 I, and I don't want to give away the spoilers of the book. I will tell you that there are times that you're reading the book that the, the shock and awe kick in. And I've got, um, I think I have about, I've got about 70 pages left. I literally stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but uh, what, part, what part of their big lie, I think, do you want to most emphasize? Like, what part of it was the most shocking about what you experienced? 
Gosh, there were so many things, you know, you become friends with the different families and, um, you know, hearing what they told each family varied so much. Um, but then on top of it, once I sat down with the men, the disparities, they're just, there were so many disparities. I mean, to even begin to dig into um, the, I, I think learning who was involved and who, you know, the different officers who I'd met and come to my home and told me, oh, they were on a routine patrol. We don't really know anything right now. And then later finding out that they were involved in the decision-making process and helped push my husband's team ahead when my husband's team said, we do not want to do this. And then they lied to me in the brief and said that they never pushed back. They never, you know, fought against going. They wanted to go on this mission and they acted like a bunch of cowboys and their attitude was cavalier. When in fact, once I gathered all my evidence and did all of my interviews, it was very clear that it was a cavalier attitude at the officer level. And um, so to have that laid on the team, but then there's also just the factual stuff of what happened on the ground, um, things that they used to paint the team as a bunch of cowboys, specifically the captain, um, that, was completely inaccurate or things they just left out because it might actually show that the captain was good at his job and did everything he could. Um, I, I don't even know what is the most, you know, mind blowing of all the stuff I found. It, it was a lot. Um, yeah. And you get a really good feel for it. There were some parts of the book that made me really angry. Um, just because, you know, you, it's like, what's next, right? So what's the next thing that you're going to tell me that I know is just absolute BS? And so you become more skeptical of pretty much everyone and anything. Like anything anyone tells you, you're like, yeah, okay, let me check that out. Even if it's shocking, you still want to check it out because you're going, okay, that, that can't be true. Only to find out some of it's true, some of it's not true. This person's telling you this. And did you ever feel at any time that you had to maybe create a whiteboard and you're, and you're trying to put the puzzles together on who connects to who and who really is the head of the snake in all this? Like who was the one that was trying to basically sweep it under the rug because they had the most to lose? Um, you know, I mean, did you ever get to that point where you're like, okay, maybe I just need to map this out real quick. And then you're like, mm, right there. Did you ever get to that yeah, aha it, moment? It, I did. There were, I had a million different notes going um, and I would stick them all in my computer case. And then every time I would interview somebody, it would point to something new. And then I, you know, stick that note in my computer case. And then later I'd pull it all out and I'd be like, oh, this name keeps popping up, you know? And, and there were some people, especially like when I interviewed Major Alan Vincent, he's just, he's one of the most intelligent and articulate people I've ever met. And having him line things out for me, he lost his job over it. And as he lined things out for me, it absolutely blew my mind. Um, A, that he lost his job for pre-deployment training when not only was he not in working in the capacity um, as, a, as the major over that group, when um, the pre-deployment training took place, somebody else was but he also did not validate the pre-deployment training. Um, that was the responsibility of those higher up the chain who ended up ordering the team on the mission. 
and pushing them ahead. And we're also create the narrative. Right. And so in the end, all I knew, because I hadn't spent much time with Alan Benson before um, interviewing him, and um, all I knew was he lost his job. And I thought, well, he's a major, you know, I don't understand. He was on paternity leave, but it had something to do with training. So when I sat down with him and he said, I was not working in that job, in that capacity, when the training took place, and I do not have the authority to validate the training. That is the responsible of Lieutenant Colonel Painter. And Lieutenant Colonel Painter ordered that mission and pushed them ahead and created all the paperwork. And Lieutenant Colonel Painter can no longer be found anywhere I search, but I've heard he's still working in the military. You never got a chance to interview him, did you? No. I wouldn't even know at this point. I don't think I could find him. <laughs> so, even years later. Yeah. So, so what's next in your life? You have a book. I want everybody to read this book. By the way, sacrifice. Where can they? Let, where can they get the book? Let's start there. Where can they get the book? You can get the books. The book anywhere books are sold. Um, Except if you go to my. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, just, let me preface. You could get it on Amazon if you wanted to, but we don't like Amazon, so we're not going to give Amazon anything. So anywhere but Amazon while you're on this show. But where else yes, can they find it, Michelle? It's in all um, formats too. Like I have audio, you know, digital, um, hardback, and, and paperback is coming out soon. If you go to um, michelleblacksacrifice.com, um, you will – um, find a page where it just lists everywhere it's sold. Um, and, you know, you can walk right into your local Barnes and Noble and they have it in the biography section. Um, so, yeah, it's everywhere books are sold. Yeah, there's a little thing in there that says Amazon. Just ignore that. You got Powell's yeah, City of Books there. Bit. You have BAM Bookathon. You, it's also on, it is going on Audible, correct? Is on Audible? It is. Yeah. And do you read it or does somebody else read it? Somebody else. I didn't want to bore everybody with my voice. <laughs> Need some talent. <laughs> well, so so what's next? What you're you, you've you've gone through this. You wrote a book. Um, obviously, are, are you speaking about um, the book? Are you doing any sort of engagements? Are you uh, you know what's next in your life? What's what's Michelle Black's life look like now? I'm trying to get out and speak as much as possible. Um, I'm working towards building, hopefully in the future, um, well, I've started working on legislation and meeting with people so that we can change the way, um, basically the way investigations are done so that we can be certain that people are held accountable, that there's some oversight and so that people, so that you know a command can't investigate themselves when there's an issue. Um, because that was a, the biggest issue here, AFRICOM investigating AFRICOM. Um, so I'd like to look at that and also to see if there's a way to improve the way promotions are done in the military so that we can more thoroughly or accurately evaluate those who are rising through the ranks and maybe have a piece of that be evaluations from the people they are leading. Because why do you continue to move up the ranks if the people you are leading have no um, ability to say, hey, this is a horrible leader? So um, that's what I'm working on right now. So I'm just trying to get out, speak as much about it, speak as much about what happened to me and garner support so that we can move forward with legislation. 
Awesome. Kids are in eighth and tenth grade? Ninth grade? Yeah. Yeah. Eighth and tenth. Yeah. It's a great, great group of years. Any any word on what they want to do with their lives? What what direction this life is taking them? One wants to be in the military and the other one wants to be a doctor. So yeah, following the dad's footsteps. On both sides. He was a medic as well. Yeah. But no, no, but no online poker. No online. Well, maybe. No online poker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but snowboarding. Money, sure. But snowboarding, right? Yeah. Like a snowboard. Yes. All right. Yes, absolutely. Well, I've been taking them up and teaching them to ski. I'm trying to talk them into snowboarding next, but they're not having it. So, I snowboard and they ski. I'm not so, a good skier. I so, taught them the basics. So my son just blew out his knee, 21 years old. He's a senior at one of the universities his last, last quarter. But he blew out his knee in a, hitting a 30-foot jump and uh, by, you know, passed the downward curve and landed flat-footed. Oh, yeah. um, but I tried. I, he went skiing or excuse me, snowboarding when he was really small, and he went, he's actually a ridiculous skier. But he was a good snowboarder, and then he broke his wrist, and he's like, yeah, I'm done snowboarding. And I snowboard, and I don't ski. So it's uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I can't get him to, to get on a snowboard to save my life. But when we go up there, I always beat him to the bottom of the hill still, and it pisses him off. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the only good part right now about me snowboarding and them skiing is I still win, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's not much else I can beat them on because they're all bigger <laughs> than me now. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll we, will, we will send people to you. We will have this, by the way, on the audio version um, and just everyone knows it's Michelle with two L's. So MichelleBlackSacrifice.com. Michelle with two L's. Michelle, we'll give you the final word, but I do want to say thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for the service of your husband. I want to thank you for the courage it took to write this book. And I just want to thank you for just uh, becoming a, a voice of courage. Courage is more infectious than fear. And for stepping out and doing something in the absence of of uh, the, the experiences that you had and others had that don't have maybe a, as strong of a voice that we're willing to do, to make the, the decisions to do the things to get that, to get the truth out. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I always say that it's been the greatest honor of my life to have the Green Berets trust me and to get to write this book. Um, you know, I, I wish it was Brian who got to write it. Um, and unfortunately, this this book cost him his life and the other men their lives. But um, you know, at, at the end of the book, I state that greater than the lives lost is the freedom that their sacrifice afforded. And no one knows that better than those who have worked to free oppressed nations. And it's so true. You know, freedom is so important, and the cost is high, but um, the reward is great. So. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, Michelle Black, gold star wife, mother of two, and the author of a book, Sacrifice, A Gold Star Widow's Fight for the Truth. Um, Michelle, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. So that that was a, a tough interview for me because I'm angry inside, and I know that she harbors a little bit of the anger of what happened, but, uh, you know, it... it uh, it's a sad story and disgusting how people were just so insensitive to the, just the, to everything. I mean, especially our kids. 
at the, at the time when yeah. we were young. No, it's um, it's <laughs> it's so hard. It's I I'm just trying to soak it all in because again I didn't get a chance to read the book. It is heartbreaking what at every single level her and her family have been put through when it d- didn't need to happen. I'm going to do a quick ad read. Um, we got a couple that I'm going to read in for sponsors. We got a lot of sponsors, guys, which is really great. We we also are going to cut back on sponsors a little bit, and we're going to go to a membership model, which for $10 a month, you can support us, $120 a year. Um, you also have other membership levels that you can have if you want to fax Congress on a regular basis. We made it very, very inexpensive. It's an expensive deal, but what we did is we, and you say, well, why would you fax Congress? Why would you send letters? And the reason being is because they have to print them and they have to read them. And you say, well, they're not going to read them. Someone has to read them. Someone has to read them. And it's, it's kind of like getting, you know, over and over and over again, smack, 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 getting attacked, 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 attacked. Um, you, you have to be able to tell your story over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So that, th- those are the things that, uh, that we need to push towards is making sure we can hold them accountable. So first level will be just a member where you support us on the podcast. It's 10 bucks a month. And then from there, I think it max it goes like $30 a month or something. Yeah. And that gives you the ability to fax your congressman um, over and over again. And th- what this will do is it'll help us um, also be able to expand this to uh, have a, a local ability. So go state by state, build the same program out on a local basis. Uh, also have a push, you know, text to call or phone to call. So you can actually call directly through your system as well, through the system as well. So um, we do have a partner, Enterforce. It's uh, give you a chance to win a 2021 Ford F-450 Gooseneck Trailer, Can-Am Maverick, and 20000 in cold hard cash. Conservative daily listeners will get 1,000 bonus entries from any entry made by using the promo code CD21. That's 1,000 extra bonus entries if you use code CD21. That's Charlie Delta 21. Um, you need to visit uh, enterforce.com. That's E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com. Uh, buy some gear. We also have the Free Our People t-shirts and sweatshirts um, that you can get that we uh, partner with them on. But more importantly... You, you have other things that you can get there. They have this, this uh, um, uh, you know, bonus pack or this uh, surprise deal. It's actually pretty cool as well. Um, but the reason why we actually be, made them a partner is because we want to be able to give some money back to January 6th. So we made them a partner. You can still win a Ford F1, F450. You can wear a sweatshirt that says you want to free our people, which is the January 6th prisoners. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it does a lot of things. They also give a bunch of money to... Um, our veterans. So they support the veterans. We support the January 6th prisoners through this sponsorship. Um, and then just so you know, no purchase or payment or any kind is necessary to enter or win. The purchase or payment will not improve your chances of winning. Get over to enterforce.com. That's E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com. And use the promo code CD10 for 10% off or CD21 for an extra thousand entries. And then the uh, last one that I want to talk about, last uh, partner, guys, this is actually a partner that I like talking about because I like cigars and bourbon. So don't hold it against me, right? Um, I, I like everything in moderation, like this in moderation. But uh, cigar, uh, Liberty Cigar Company has assembled the first of six presidents in one beautiful cigar collect- collection. Mr. Producer, go ahead and put it up on, on here. Uh, these great men guide our nation admirably from the very beginning to the period known as the early republic. Each cigar mirrors the personality of one so honored. So the set includes a George Washington, a John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams cigar. 
for those of you who don't know who they are, go look them up, right? They're, they are some of the people that have uh, our forefathers that really created uh, um, the ability for us to have the great nation we have today. In honor of President's Day, conservative daily audience will receive a 17.76% discount on the early Republic series, originally priced at $89. Use the coupon code LIBERTY at libertycigars.com and you will um, save 1776 at 17.76% off. So we're out of time, Max. We are. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, I can't stress enough, you got to go subscribe to the audio version. Even if you watch us live, sometimes you can't always tune in and watch live, so it's great to be able to listen while you're driving, while you're out doing errands. Subscribe to the audio version. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. If you can, if you have an iPhone, an iPad, or a MacBook, do Apple Podcasts. I know Apple, we don't really like Apple as a company, but that's where we get the most downloads, and that's where the rankings are. So if you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, it would really, really help. Um, we go live for now, 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, soon to be noon eastern that'll be happening next week so stay tuned for that and if you need a reminder make sure make sure you text the word freedom to 89517 you'll get added to our text alert system they'll let you know if different shows go on at different times let you know when we're going to go to air what we're talking about and then how and where you can watch so that's going to be it for this edition my name is max mcguire my name is joe oltman fight take back the country is not over really isn't, but the only way we win is if we all stand and fight together.